0: Hey y'all this is the funky farm girl podcast i'm your host jenny Velicky, and you're listening to episode 45 chicken permaculture this week we're going to talk all about some new methods of chicken keeping that we are implementing here on the funky farmhouse homestead and i want to tell you all about those things why we decided to do it how we're doing it but before we get into that let's talk about what's happening on the homestead this week this week i started planting in the front flower bed we have some october daphne succulent that belonged first of all to my husband's grandmother's friend dot who lived in St. Louis and long long ago Mama used to live with her friend Dot for a short time in St. Louis and she was able to when she left St. Louis take some of those October Daphne succulent home with her as a cutting. And she rooted those in her front yard and she now has so much of it that it goes all the way across one side of the yard and there's also quite a bit of it in the back of the property as well all of that from the little bit that she brought home from Dot's yard in St. Louis and this week my mother-in-law Nanny um, gave us several cuttings off of that to plant in our own yard so that we can begin to have it become prolific here in our front flower bed. So I love having things in my home that have a history and a meaning and a story behind them. So to be able to do that in my garden makes it even that much more special. So I planted that today and then we also finally, finally ordered some canning lids. I know that we've talked about this a couple times. And I've told you guys that if you are planning to do any canning at all, you need to jump on it and you need to go ahead and get your supplies. Canning lids seem to be the most difficult thing to find this year because they're not manufacturing any more of them right now. I did a lot of research. And I did finally find a company to order from through Amazon that I feel like is going to be the best bet if you're going to need canning lids this year. So I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you if you are looking for canning lids. This to me is the best bet that you're going to find. They are more expensive than they normally are. But they're going to be that way universally no matter who you buy them from but these from my research seem to be the ones that are not flimsy that aren't dented or chipped on the sides that aren't going to buckle when you try to pressure can with them they seem to have the most consistent and authentic good reviews and so that's how I came to decide to order from this particular company. Mine will arrive tomorrow. Um, if I feel like that it's a no-go, I will let you know that next week. But I really feel like that these are going to be um, the best canning lids that I'm going to be able to acquire this year. And I want you guys to also have the opportunity to get some of those. Um, So, if you click the note, the show note um, link, then you can go to Amazon and order your own canning lids for this year. So, this week, episode 45, we're talking about chicken permaculture. And I'm sure that as I say that, you probably have two questions that come to mind. Number one, why are we talking about chickens again? Didn't we just finish a four-week episode set on chickens? We spent four weeks talking about buying chicks and selecting those and raising hens and roosters and what kind of equipment and infrastructure you're going to need to get started and what you could do to maybe make some money off of chicks. Is there anything else left to talk about with chickens? And to that I say absolutely so we're going to be talking about chicken permaculture this week because it's a new thing to me that it's it's what i'm currently learning about and experimenting with on my own homestead and i want you guys to learn and experience that right along with me and so i'm going to explain to you what we're doing differently and why we think it will work and then in real time as this is going through the year Uh, You can check out my Instagram and you can keep listening here um, to the podcast and you can discover if the things that I'm testing are really going to be true and if it will be as wonderful as we seem to think it's going to be. So that's why we're talking about chickens. Now the other thing that you may be asking yourself is what the heck is permaculture? (laughs) it may not be a term that you're very familiar with and I know that for me it was a term that I had heard several times in gardening blogs or on different websites. I had seen it on Pinterest but I didn't really know what it meant and recently I've been able to really explore it and learn more about what permaculture is and so I want to share a little bit of that with you today. And I'm hoping that through the year as we begin to implement more and more permaculture type changes to our land that we can talk more and more about practically what that looks like and how you can do that even if your homestead is an apartment or a country house or a cookie cutter house in a subdivision. So... What is permaculture? Permaculture is working with the natural forces of the world, wind, water, sun, to provide food, shelter, water, and everything else your land needs besides the plant and seeds. So when you give it the plants and the seeds, and then you work with nature and the natural rhythms and the natural things that come and go and the things that pair well together and you know that when you have an abundance of this pest then you tend to naturally have this other predator that will come in and will deal with that pest those are the kinds of things that we're learning about when we're learning about permaculture and so what I've specifically started with is let's start where I am I have chickens And if I love this concept of permaculture and I love this concept of how can I use the natural things that chickens already want to do and the natural way that my garden and my land are, how can I pair the two of those together so that they're going to work best together and give me the best outcome? And so that's what we're beginning to learn and beginning to do here on the funky farmhouse homestead. The first thing that we need to know is what chickens can do for us. We know that chickens will eat kitchen scraps and they'll eat weeds every chance they get. They love to forage and they love to have food to dig through and peck through and pick at and nibble on. So they are more than happy, totally willing to eat kitchen scraps and to dig up weeds to eat. They're also willing and able to till and maintain your soil. They can dig it up, they can fertilize it with their poop, they can till it for you and just make it nice and aerated they can eat that kitchen scraps and pull those weeds and just make that soil nicer and healthier than when they first were given that land to forage on. They're also going to perform natural pest control because one of the things they're doing when they're digging through that dirt and they're kicking it all over the place and they're pecking around, they're looking for bugs. And they will go through and they will eat all the little bugs and grubs and things that are hiding in your dirt that have been there all winter that are waiting to wake up and wreak havoc on your garden. So, If you're able to get the chickens in there beforehand. Then the chickens get a nice little feast and you get some natural pest control that didn't require any kind of sprays or chemicals or anything like that that's harmful to your soil. And then last but not least obviously they give us eggs and sometimes even meat. So chickens can be pretty beneficial when it comes to the natural cycle of your garden because they're going to help produce compost when they eat the kitchen scraps and the weeds they're going to till and maintain your soil they're going to be getting rid of pests in a natural way and they're going to be providing you with eggs and meat so how does the garden benefit then because here the chicken's Given all this, what does the garden give back? When the garden is able to give them the the bugs that they need, It's able to give them weeds and spent cl- plants to eat on. You're able to give them scraps from the garden. Maybe you have something that died that you need to feed to them. Maybe you pick a cabbage and you have a couple outer leaves that are a little bit wilty or yellow or whatever that you're not going to eat. Throw it to the chickens. Maybe you take it inside and you trim off the ends or peel it or whatever you do to prep that vegetable. Take all the other parts of it and give it back to the chickens. So you have your garden being fed by the chickens by weeding and tilling and fertilizing And then you have the garden feeding the chickens by giving them bugs and weeds and vegetable scraps and spent plants. So the chickens feed the garden which feeds the chickens. And it's a cycle that just continues. So this is what we are using our chickens to do for us to prep the garden for spring. So what we've done is we have begun to install a temporary fence around our garden and we're gonna enclose it enough that we can get the chickens in there. Right now we have one small coop. We were able to get another coop and run structure from my mother and we put our golden girls in there. And they have enough room to scratch and forage around just where their chicken run is sitting. And it's a small enough structure that we're able to pick it up and move it every couple days. And when we move it where there once was straw and weeds and compacted soil, now it's nice and fluffy and it's aerated. There's no bugs in it, there's no weeds in it, and all that straw is gone. <laughs> Um, They're able to eat some of it. They're able to dig it down into the dirt and till it down into the dirt. And so those little patches where the chicken coop has been are now ready to plant. So chickens are natural foragers and they're going to want to work. One of the best things you can do for your chickens is to give them enrichment activities things to do to keep them busy because when you have bored chickens then you have unhappy chickens and when they are bored and they are unhappy they're going to begin to peck at each other and to pick on each other. You're going to end up with a bully chicken. You're going to end up with chickens who are going to develop unhealthy habits because they're bored. You want chickens who are active and happy vibrant and one of the ways you do that is by giving them enrichment activities give them something to do so it's also going to cause a better flock dynamic because you're not going to have the bullying and the pecking and the picking at each other because they're too busy looking for goodies so find ways that you can give your chickens work to do and ways to forage even if you're like we are and you have a completely enclosed run and that is the only space that they will be in they're not free rangers you're not able to put them anywhere else you can still give them enrichments you can give them the kitchen scraps and things right there inside the run and they will eat that and they will dig it back into the dirt and it will decompose there, and it'll make compost right there in your chicken run. It'll be less stinky than the other ways that you've tried to keep your run, and it will provide you with compost that you can take and put back on the garden. So it's really a win, 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 because the chickens get to forage, the garden gets refreshed for planting, And we get a prepped space with a lot less work. So what other ways are we incorporating permaculture? Because permaculture is not just about giving an animal a job. It's about using food and water and sun and wind to the best of our abilities. To help our land and our animals and our garden flourish. So, one of the ways we're doing that is the way we feed the chickens. Um, A laying hen will need one third pound of food per day, per chicken. So, we have a flock of 14 laying hens right now. And so at one third pound food per day per chicken, that comes out to 4.32 pounds of food a day. So let's say four and a half pounds of food per day. Now what I've been doing is I put enough food in their feeder that automatically drops two or three times a day an amount of food that I don't even really know how much I was giving them and i fill up that feeder twice a week and i was going through about 120 pounds of food a month which it's right about on right about at a third pound per chicken but all of it was feed and so that's costing me close to $45 a month in chicken feed Now what we do as we're trying to incorporate the permaculture ideas in how we raise our chickens, we're still giving them some traditional feed, but we're mixing it with some other things. And it's not their primary source of nourishment. It's not their sole source of nourishment. Those pellets that you're feeding your chickens through traditional feed have all the vitamins and minerals and things that they need, but they've also been heat treated and compressed in order to make it into a pellet. And so you lose some of that nutrition that you normally would have had if it was fresh food. So how do we compensate for that? We have developed a little system where Instead of the automatic feeder, we have a feed bucket tray for each chicken run. And we will measure out the food for the day. We know that using the scoop that we have, if you fill it to the top of the opening of the scoop, that's for the big chicken run. And if you fill it to the first line inside the scoop, that's enough for Hazel and the little mystery girls. Velma and Daphne. And that's also enough for the four golden girls in their chicken run. So we start with that. But that feed that we're scooping for that is not just traditional feed. It's been mixed with a a chicken scratch, with wheat berries, with black sunflower seeds, with cracked corn. You can also mix it with split peas, oats, millet, rice. There's lots and lots of different things that you can use and there's a ton of different recipes online if you start looking at different things that you can feed your chickens. So we've developed our own little mix that we keep in a tub and now we scoop out that amount And then on top of that, we will add kitchen scraps and weeds and greens. So basically what we do is what we're scooping into their container, depending on how much kitchen scraps we have and how much weeds and greens we have. We're making sure that the scoop is at least the third pound per chicken. And then we're giving them the bonus of the weeds and greens which we have a clump of trees on the back side of the chicken coops that has all kinds of clover and stuff growing right there that we can go over there and just grab up handfuls of it at a time and it comes up in big clumps and we're able to give a large clump to fred and the magnolia the steel magnolia chickens And then we're able to give a smaller clump to hazel and the mystery girls and we're able to give another small clump to the golden girls so that each of them in their group have that another thing that we're giving them we're making sure to put grit on top of the the food scraps and the um chicken feed i've tried feeding them grit separately and they just don't really seem to bother with it but it is something that if you're feeding them something other than traditional feed they absolutely need some grit to help them digest their food Um, especially once they're no no longer a chick if you have a baby chick and all you're feeding them is the feed crumbles they don't necessarily need grit but once you begin to start giving them kitchen scraps and weeds and greens and things like you're giving your other chickens then they will need that grit. So I just kind of take a little bit and sprinkle it on top of their food so that I know that they're getting some. You can also give them mealworms which gives them a nice source of protein and it's a snack. Uh, It's a good high protein snack but it's not something that I give them very often simply because it's pretty expensive. Um, to buy mealworms to give them on a regular basis so those aren't quite as necessary but especially when like they're molting or in the winter when it's extra cold and they're not laying because of the cold and the and the dark um, things that you can give them that have extra protein like mealworms um, can be the difference between them continuing to lay eggs or not You can also, when it's cold and dark and extremely cold to the point that they're more focused on staying warm than they are on laying eggs, you can add in a handful of cat food to their food and that will help to boost their protein as well and help them to continue laying eggs through the winter. That's a tip that I learned from my good friend Kate at Venison for Dinner on Instagram. Now, all that together should be about a third of a pound of food per chicken per day. I'm also at this moment we are gearing up for all the busyness of spring and one of the things that we're going to be doing is we're doing away with our kombucha production for right now because it's just one more thing to juggle and one more thing to keep up with and I had some that frankly sat for too long and has turned quite vinegary for our taste but the chickens love it especially when I just add some to their water so every time I go to fill their feeder now I'm I'm putting some in their feeder they have a five gallon bucket of water and I put probably about a cup of kombucha in that water when I go to feed them um, I may up it to about a quart. Because I don't really think that they've noticed. Um, It's diluted pretty heavily. Um, but I'll continue to do that. Until I finish off what I have. I have about a gallon and a half. Of kombucha left. To feed them. And then I will also give them the scobies. And that will give them probiotics. For their gut health. And so. It's not something that I will give them as a big whole piece. I will cut it up into smaller pieces and incorporate it in with the other things that I'm feeding them. And we'll begin to feed that SCOBY to them as well. And so that will just give them an extra boost of probiotics and things. As they're coming out of winter where everything's been closed up and everything's been wet and damp and yucky. Um, to just give their gut a good boost as we begin the active season of spring and summer. So again if you're going to do all these things combined that's going to reduce your overall traditional feed consumption. So that's going to lower your traditional feed bill. Yes you will still be buying things like cracked corn and Sunflower or seeds and things like that, but they're much less expensive and they go quite a ways longer than buying traditional feed, especially if you're portioning out what we feed them. Chickens are like goldfish if you leave food out for them, they will continue to eat and eat and eat and eat. But what you need to do is scale back until you get down to the one third pound a day per chicken Um, and it should not affect production at all if it does bump up just a little bit and see when your food production comes back with the eggs because you don't want to feed them more than they need and spend unnecessary money on feed that they really don't need to have any more than You know, you could give your kid a whole bag of cookies. And if you gave them free range, they would eat all of those cookies. But really, they don't need more than one or two. And that's really what's best for them. And it's cheaper for you. So the same thing with our chickens. Um, Reduced feed consumption means reduced cost of upkeep. And also having a varied diet that's closer to natural chicken behavior it's, it's kind of like feeding a raw diet to dogs instead of giving them dog food. Um, You clearly can see the benefit of it to their health and you know that it's, it's a less processed, more natural diet for them. And so we're thinking through how to do that in the same way for chickens. We are also hoping as far as permaculture practice goes, we're hoping to add some type of rainwater collection system at some point because of the way the roof is built on the larger chicken run. Um, There are grooves in it. It's kind of a corrugated wavy plastic panel and because of the slope of our land one side is higher than the other so there's a natural slope to it and we're hoping to eventually build some kind of rain containment system that will catch the water that that rains down over that roof and catch it into a barrel so that we can then divert it to their water inside the run and provide some of their water that way we're also hoping to be able to contain rainwater to use in the garden as needed and again that's one of those permaculture tenants or um, priorities where you're looking at okay how do we use what nature is giving us in a way that benefits the land and the garden and the chickens in such a way that it mimics what nature automatically does when left to itself we're also going to be planting some perennial herbs and medicinal flowers around the chicken coops that are specifically beneficial to chickens so we're going to be planting things like rosemary and mint and thyme and sage and nasturtiums all of those things are wonderful for chicken health Um, they are things that you can use in their nesting boxes and in their coops for deodorizing for helping with their gut health for just in general adding nutrition to their diet Um, nasturtiums help to make their egg yolks very bright yellow Um, marigolds will do the same And so those kinds of things will be things that we'll be planting around the chicken coop because they're going to benefit the chickens. So why not have it right there where they need it and where we can access it quickly to add it into whatever it is we're feeding them that day. I invite you to go follow along with me on Instagram. I am the Funky Farm Girl there as well. To see how we're going to be implementing these changes throughout the season. I'm also going to put a couple links in the show notes for you. Of different things to begin to learn about permaculture on your own. And specifically how that relates to caring for your chickens. I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to be able to look at some other people who are doing this kind of chicken keeping and understand the thinking behind it and what we're hoping the benefits of it will be and see if it might be right for you and for your flock. Now, before we go today, I have two quick requests of all my listeners. First of all, do you have any friends in Alaska? I don't know if you're aware, but the Funky Farm Girl has been downloaded in 49 states and in 47 countries across the world. That blows my mind, y'all. I am so thankful for each and every one of you that listen all across the world. I want to say hello to my friends in Belgium. Belgium is my second highest country download, second only to the U.S., and so, I'm really happy to have all you that listen to me in Belgium and in the US. Like I said, I have been downloaded in 49 states. The only holdout has been Alaska, and I would like to set a goal to reach all 50 states. So, if you have a friend who lives in Alaska, or even someone who's going to be visiting Alaska, please send them a link to the Funky Farm Girl and ask them to listen. I'd love to get that one download in Alaska so that I have all 50 states. And then the second request I have for you today is can you please go leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? Reviews help me get in front of more eyes so that I can get into more ears. Five star reviews on Apple Podcasts do more to help my podcast grow than anything else you could do, including downloading episodes. So, be sure to go to Apple Podcast, search for The Funky Farm Girl, click Reviews, and then tap on the Right of Review button. Please leave me five stars and a few words about what you enjoy most about The Funky Farm Girl podcast. And to thank you I'm going to be doing a special seed giveaway next Wednesday March the 17th. If you leave me a review then send me an email at jenny at thefunkyfarmgirl.com that's jenny j-e-n-n-y at thefunkyfarmgirl.com and let me know that you've left a review and that will enter you into a special giveaway for a set of seeds. From the Funky Farm Girl. I'll pick a winner next Wednesday and I may even feature your review here on the podcast. So stay tuned. See you next week, y'all. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.